When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Forget about the crowds, size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. This is Betting the Bracket. You sometimes say, uh, every betting angle of college basketball. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship! Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. It is hour number two of Fighting the Bracket right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. We've got a terrific hour number two for you. Here at the top, we're going to be looking at teams that have been able to make you money, have been able to lose you money, the characteristics around them and what you can expect from them moving forward. Some of these teams, they're going to be starting up with their conference tournaments this week. Some of these teams, they're going to be starting up with their conference tournaments next week. And you're going to be hitting upon something that I always like to say on the network. It doesn't matter whether you're betting on the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter whether you're going to be betting on Duke versus North Carolina, or it doesn't matter whether you're betting out there and say the Atlantic sun money is money. Now, Jacksonville has been one of your best against the spread teams at all of college basketball this year. Your limits on a Jacksonville game are probably going to be just a tad bit lower than you're able to find with the Super Bowl. But you know what? Finding any way to get to the window is exactly what it's all about. Don't feel bashful about taking some of these smaller teams and being able to cash with them. As a matter of fact, I think that it's a point of pride when you wind up being able to t- take a look and be like, yeah, I wound up making money on SIU Edwardsville or something like that. You're able to throw out their things that were just like, who the heck is that? I wind up getting my mother, who always loves to be able to watch these shows, wondering who the heck, like, 75% of these teams are, which I always find to be hilarious. So we're going to be hitting upon that. Curtis Rogers does a great job over there with 710 ESPN in Seattle. He is going to be chatting with me in about 30 minutes. We're going to get the lay of the land out there out west. He is very near and dear to Gonzaga. He's also done a good job taking a look at teams like Arizona. So we're going to be getting that outlook. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys what I'm liking for my DK Nation pick with regards to college basketball Monday, a couple other games that we'll be taking a look at as well. And first things first, got to give a little bit of a plug to everyone that behind the scenes makes this possible. My wonderful producer, Dan, is absolutely amazing. Andrew is our technical director tonight. We wind up posting up the podcast for all these shows at 
the end of every single hour and the man that is responsible for that is Oliver. He does absolutely amazing work and then Jeff gets me set up on audio whenever I get in here. All these guys do absolutely amazing work and then you've also got my man Jason who's in the wings getting ready for the look at which is going to be coming up at 10 p.m. Pacific 1 a.m. with Scott Seidenberg. He is back in the fold after I wanted sitting in for him last week so all these people at VSIN they are the best in the business and they allow me to be able to do what I do and now it's time for me to be able to give you guys what I'm noticing right now in college basketball and that's that we've got some very demonstrative teams against the spread and you've noticed one team be able to make you a lot of money this year many of you guys are probably thinking like oh it's got to be like Arizona Texas Tech and Texas Tech is one of your most profitable teams but we're going to get into them in a minute but the best against the spread team in all of college basketball I just want to mention it. It doesn't matter whether you're betting on big teams or small teams. That'd be the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. You remember them back when they had Kermit Davis coaching. He's out at Ole Miss, and they were absolutely tremendous against the spread. And honestly, Middle Tennessee, the last two years, they were one of the biggest money burners in all of college basketball this year. They have went 21-5-1 against the spread. That is a cover clip of north of 80%. You don't have a single other team that is hitting well above 75%. The next two teams are actually Long Beach State along with Jacksonville. I wanted to ping upon this as now we're number one. What I wanted to doing a little bit of a recap of everything that we wound up seeing on Sunday. I mentioned the bad beat with regards to UConn. Something that is very important with regards to some of these against the spread records, some of these trends. Take a look as to how they wound up coming about. Because if you wound up having a bet like I did in the Saturday Long Beach State versus Hawaii game, for one, you are a very hearty soul and you want taking the bio game of the night there on Saturday because you always wind up having those games out there in Hawaii. They wind up getting very harebrained. This one was actually in UC, was against UC Irvine. It was actually at the same time as the Hawaii game. I'm not sure why they wound up having such a late tip, but they wound up having that. But you'll notice that Long Beach State was down 46 and 23 at that. They were catching depending on your number, between seven and seven and a half points. And they wind up making some Herculean run at the end of the game to be able to cover. And you always have to wonder, is this sustainable? Probably not with regards to Long Beach State. They've actually been able to play significantly better on defense out there in the Big West rather than what they were doing out of conference. But you've got to be taking a look at that, taking a look at some of these covers and being like, okay, is this a case in which the team is legitimately just way way undervalued by bookmakers or is it a case in which they're getting a little bit of luck i always take a look at providence for instance i know that there's been a lot of hubbub about them throughout the entirety of the season how you should be handicapping them and with providence i do think that there is something to be able to close out games late i do think that there is having a little bit of a clutch gene i think that there is something to good coaching and ed cooley is one of the best coaches in the business this guy has been absolutely magnificent for providence I will use this reference, and I've used it a few times. It is like sort of going to work and rush hour traffic. I think that this is a little bit more relatable to many people out there. When it comes to rush hour traffic, there are some people that they know how to be able to navigate a little bit better. There are some people that they don't necessarily navigate it better. They wind up needing a few more minutes to be able to get to work. If you wind up giving yourself those extra few minutes to work, you know what? Typically, you're going to be fine. You don't want to be cutting it until the last minute because eventually you're going to get burnt, whether you're very good or very bad at being able to navigate this traffic. Right now, Providence, they've been leaving at the last possible second. They've been running very well with regards to traffic, and they seem to be getting there every single time. If this continues, it's more likely than not going to catch up with them. Could they wind up continuing to be able to get there every single time? Perhaps. 
you don't want to be putting them yourself in those spots. And when they wind up facing off against Villanova on Tuesday, that is going to be a very big litmus test for them, a team that they wound up losing to, but they played rather competitively at the Dunkin' Donuts Center about a few weeks ago. I think that that's going to be very intriguing to take a look at. But the team that I want to mention with the top against the spread record, Middle Tennessee, you're going to notice that it hasn't been too many close calls with them against the spread. They did wind up having one against Marshall earlier in the week, but I mean, they were on a short line against Western Kentucky over the weekend. They were able to take care of business and they were able to do take care of business very convincingly. And you're going to notice with a lot of these good against the spread teams, they don't necessarily do one thing absolutely magnificent, but they wind up having a very well-roundedness, but they have one thing in common. Pretty much all these teams, they do a relatively solid job of being able to shoot at the free throw line. And that is very important because when it comes to betting on college basketball, something that is very important is to note that when a game is sitting right around like six, eight points with regards to differential with a minute left to go, you know what that means. The team that is down by six to eight points, they're going to be hacking away like lumberjacks. They're going to be doing everything humanly possible to try to get back into the game. And you better hope that the team that you want to betting on is relatively solid at the free throw line. You've got some of these teams that are a little bit under the radar, like the Portland Pilots, for instance. They shoot 80% of the free throw line. For anyone that wanted betting on Montana on Sunday, they were able to get there for you. They're a team that they've been able to shoot 79% at the free throw line. You don't want to be betting on some of these teams. Like, I'm going to throw it out there. USC is shooting 65% of the free throw line. That leaves you very nervous. Because when you wind up having a bet in which you're laying between, like, five, six, seven points. I think that this is absolutely paramount. And it comes into form with regards to some games more than others. Like if you wind up taking a bad free throw shooting team, but they're catching like eight points, for instance. I mean, if they're in the lead with a minute left to go, you know what? You're feeling pretty good about your six to eight points that you wind up taking with them. Meanwhile, if you're laying six to eight points, that all of a sudden becomes a little bit more of a calamity. So I do think that that is something that is important to take a look at. Really, your worst free throw shooting team among, I'll call it your top six teams against the spread with regards to being able to make you money. That would actually be Texas Tech. They are 20 and nine against the spread, but we all know what Texas Tech is doing. This team just absolutely swarms on defense. They don't necessarily have that one headline score. You can maybe make the case for Bryson Williams, the six foot eight gentleman that winds up coming in from UTEP shooting right around 44% from three-point range but I mean they just come at you in droves they've really become they've really become a team in which the whole is greater than the sum of its parts but I mean other teams Toledo they're absolutely amazing at the free throw line they do a great job with regards to their offensive efficiency they're in the top 30 with regards to points scored on a per possession basis they've been able to run things out there in the MAC they've been laying big numbers they've been able to get there throughout and then you got a team like Towson who has been very efficient with regards to their offense relatively solid at the free throw line. It's not like they're shooting at like an 80% clip or anything like that. They're more in the mid to high 70s, but maybe they would do a solid job as well. And then you're going to notice with a lot of these teams that have been very bad against the spread, they have a commonality as well. With regards points a lot on a per possession basis, most of these teams stink. You've got Pacific, who has really just been, if you've been betting on them, boy, they have been bad for you. 521 and 2 against the spread. They play out there in the West Coast Conference, which you've got a lot of high powered offenses out there. But if you take a look at Pacific with the guards' points allowed on a per possession basis, 268th in all of college basketball. How about NC State? They're 7 and 22 against the spread. NC State, points allowed on a per possession basis, 287. How about if we go to Oregon State? They find themselves 7 and 19 and 1 against the spread. Oregon State, 
points allowed on a per possession basis. They are outside the top 320. I mean, they have been so bad that it's not even funny. Oregon State has actually been a really good cover team for, for you throughout the years, but I mean, this year, it has just all been so bad for them that it's not even funny. And you've got a team like your Miami of Ohio. They actually shoot it well at the free throw line. They turn the ball over right around 10 and a half times for contest. Problem is, they are a team that they really give it up on defense. Points a lot on a per possession basis, 327th. As a result, they have went 7-19 and 19 against the spread, so it has been really bad. So I do think that there are some certain commonalities with teams that are going to be able to make you money, teams that are really lighting your money on fire. A lot of these teams are out there in mid-majors. They are going to be coming to the forefront within the next week or two. You've got a team like a Jacksonville. They went 18-7 and seven against the spread. Their conference tournament is going to be starting up there relatively soon out there in the Atlantic Sun. They've been one of the better teams with regards to their defensive efficiency in that conference ever since they've gotten back KV on Nolan. They've been able to do a good job as well. So I think that these are very important things to take a look at as we wind up getting closer to March. And as we wind up getting closer to March, we're going to be noticing it. More and more conference tournaments. We're seeing a few conferences that are out there in the wings as well. Coming up next, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of conference futures and just how to be able to bet some of these conference tournaments as well. That's coming up next right here on Betting the Bracket on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Betting the Bracket, covering every betting angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. 
Get an early start on your College Hoops tournament betting with VEASAN's full court bracket coverage starting on Sunday, March 13th with six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The VEASAN College Hoop experts, including myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, will be analyzing every single game, discussing with bookmakers that make the lines, and we're going to do everything possible to find you the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one betting with VEASAN's College Hoops experts Sunday, March 13th. It all begins at 6 p.m. Eastern, and that is for free at VEASAN.com as it is betting the bracket with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson. Coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to be going out to the great state of Washington. That's where we find our good friend Curtis Rogers. We're going to be getting a lay of the land with everything that we're seeing out there out west. We wound up seeing Gonzaga and Arizona go down over the weekend. So we're going to be asking about that, where there might be a little bit of money to be made when it comes to being able to bet on these conferences as well. Perhaps we'll be getting into the big Mountain West conference game as well so we've got a lot coming up with regards to that but got to be taking a look at some of these futures as well because conference tournaments they're actually going to be starting up on monday under the radar we've got our first conference tournament game now it's not necessarily the most rambunctious of them but once again i will always say it it doesn't matter whether you're betting on the super bowl it doesn't matter whether you're betting on duke north carolina or if you're betting on Central Connecticut State versus Fairleigh Dickinson, the first game out there in the Northeastern Conference Tournament, money is money. So, I mean, that is absolutely tremendous. But you're going to be noticing that a lot of books, they're going to be starting to put it up. Odds to be able to win. Conference Tournament X. Odds to be able to win. Y, Z, what have you. And what I think is going to be important to take a look at with regards to some of these Conference Tournament futures, keep in mind perhaps being able to bet game to game. Because when it comes to so many of these conference tournaments and just the NCAA tournament in general, I am always a believer. Matchups make fights, and you want to provide yourself with as much protection as possible. If you want to take in a conference tournament future, you want to take in an NCAA tournament future, you are pretty much stuck with it. Obviously, you're able to do some hedging with regards to it, but if you want to take in a team to be able to make the NCAA or to be able to win the NCAA tournament, to be able to win, insert your conference tournament here, you are pretty much tethered to it. Meanwhile, if you wind up going with what I always like to call a rollover, this is where you wind up putting one unit on the money line and just keep rolling it over and rolling it over. You provide yourself a lot of protection. You also, I have found this just with regards to the champions out there in the conference tournament, as opposed to what you wind up getting with regards to the price before the tournament and what you wind up getting after you wind up just continuing to roll the money over. Typically, you're able to get a little bit of a better cash. Now, you didn't find that in a few conference tournaments last year because Georgetown was just at such long odds that it wasn't even funny. They wound up winning the Big East tournament. One that I actually wound up talking about on this network last year was Oregon State at 100 to 1 at DraftKings to be able to win the Pac 12 tournament. Boy, you wouldn't have been able to get that doing the money line rollover, that's for sure. But with that said, with regards to a lot of these teams, you're able to find them as long as you don't wind up having just complete and utter chalk or anything like that with regards to taking a one seed and they wind up just getting sort of the longest possible matchups, things like this. You are able to get a little bit of better cash if you do wind up doing the money line rollover and we see it time and time again. We'll use Auburn as an example. During the 2019 NCAA tournament, I know that many people wind up having futures on Auburn. They were looking relatively solid. They make the final four. Chumo KK unable to play in the final four. He has a season-ending injury. 
all of a sudden, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that were thinking, man, I would have loved to have had the winnings of Auburn just taking them on the money line for a few games and then dipping out after that. To their credit, they actually very nearly knocked off Virginia in the Final Four of the NCAA tournament, but certainly that puts you in a little bit more scramble mode when you wind up losing your top player and it just is unknown as to whether that's going to happen. It just causes for a big giant calamity. Now, the good news is, it seems like we have cleared the worst of it with regards to COVID-19 last year. With regards to the NCAA tournament, you would have needed to take a look at this a little bit more because you just would have had no idea as to what your star player wise are getting knocked out for nothing of their own volition. And it's been a little bit unfortunate, but I do think that that is something that is important to take a look at. And we've also got a couple conferences that are actually still out there and they are still to be decided with regards to the conference winner right now out there at DraftKings. I think they've got an interesting race out there in the SEC. Auburn is right now minus 350 to be able to win the conference. From there, you've got Tennessee at 4-1, to one, Arkansas at 7-1, to one, and then a very, very long shot is Kentucky at 80-1. to one. I just don't know if you're able to bet anything other than Auburn at this point because Auburn has a full game lead with regards to the SEC and you want to be taking a look at schedules if you wind up taking any sort of these bets as well because right now with Auburn, their final two games, they're going to be playing against Mississippi State and they're going to be playing against South Carolina. I recognize the South Carolina wound up going on a run, but that's a team that I have absolutely no faith in whatsoever. South Carolina is committing 15 turnovers per game. They shoot sub-68% at the free line. They shoot about 32% from three-point range. Jermaine Kuznar gives out as many assists as turnovers. You just can't be having that from your point guard. They really don't have a single guy that gives you more than 12 points per contest. I will say, Eric Stevenson is like the best free throw shooter in all of college basketball among qualifying players, but that's not necessarily something that you want to be taking a shot on. And for Mississippi State, bottom's really falling out for this team. To their credit, it's a team that has not given up on you, but at the same time, you've just seen it for them. They've been unable to close out a lot of these close games. You're pretty much taking Auburn to be able to win both of these games. I actually think that now at minus 350, it's not necessarily the world's worst value because even if they wind up losing this game, you still need Tennessee, Arkansas, one of these two teams to really be able to take care of business. The only way that Kentucky winds up getting there is if Auburn winds up losing out, they wind up winning out, and then you wind up having a calamity with both Tennessee and Arkansas. There's just no value there. You'd be better off pretty much betting money lines in all those circumstances, and you need lightning to strike in order for Kentucky to be able to pull out a conference championship, but when it comes to that, I think it's really intriguing. The one that I thought that there was value on, and I'm currently not seeing it up on DraftKings. When I wound up taking a look at it last night, I think that this might be because we did wind up seeing a lot of Big Ten action. You were seeing Purdue at minus 130 to be able to win the conference, and Wisconsin at even money. I'm not sure if this was like a little bit of a typo or something like that, but Wisconsin right now has a full game lead over Purdue in the conference, and Purdue wound up losing to Wisconsin the first time around. It's a Wisconsin team that if they wind up knocking out Purdue, they pretty much have the conference in hand. So that was one that I thought you had some exceptional value on. And the Big Ten in general, it is a conference that I think is very intriguing. I wanted running through the results that we wound up seeing on Sunday in the first hour. But when it comes to the landscape of the Big Ten, you've got a lot of solid teams. You've got a team like Illinois who's been able to do some good work. Ohio State, though, they did wind up losing to Maryland on Sunday. It's still a bunch that they should be able to be a relatively tough out come March. Obviously, if they wind up getting a matchup against Oral Roberts, that might not necessarily be too terrific, but I do think that Ohio State does have a little bit of upside, but you do take a look at odds to be able to win the Big Ten. I mean, you got to default to Wisconsin. They're going to be having a game against Purdue at the Kohl Center, and I always think that when it, with regards to 
home court advantages. Some of the biggest ones that you're going to be able to find out there is in the Big Ten. And I do think that it's important when it comes to these conference tournaments as well. If you're taking a look at some of these futures, if you're taking a look at being able to bet on them game to game, to take a look at the venue as well. It's a big reason why when we wound up having Terrence Oglesby, former sharpshooter over there at Clemson on in hour number one, I made sure to ask him about sort of the venue that you're going to be getting out there for the SoCon tournament, which he's going to be covering because the SoCon, it has a lot of teams that they shoot at exceptionally well from three-point range. It's one of the least efficient defensive conferences out there in all of college basketball. One of the best for offense when you've got teams like Furman, Wofford, VMI, Chattanooga, all these teams are able to just gun it from three-point range, are able to pump it in there, and at the same time, they aren't necessarily doing a good job of being able to guard those outside shots. You do want to be taking a look at that, but you're going to notice with some of these conference tournaments, like the Northeast Conference Tournament, that is going to be starting up on Monday. You're going to see it with the Patriot League. Their conference tournament is going to be starting up on Tuesday. It's all true home and true road games. You're going to be finding it with a lot regards to a lot of these tournaments as well, that you're going to have like maybe the first, second round be in true home course, and then they wind transferring over to more of a neutral court as well. So you do want to be taking that into account as well because that is going to be a little bit of part of the handicapping. You just notice it time and time again with regards to a lot of these conference tournaments when they do wind up taking place in neutral courts. You wind up having a big giant run on unders because you've got a bunch of guys playing in unfamiliar territories. I know that Josh Applebaum here at the network, he talks about this every single year as well. The fact that he loves taking a bunch of unders when it comes to this time of year as well. And when it comes to what you're getting with regards to tired legs as well. That's something that you got to be taking a look at. So it seems that they wind up playing three games in three days. That certainly does wind up hurting their cause a little bit. And then you'll notice as well with some of these conference tournaments, they might wind up playing a round or two. You wind up getting a little bit of a break. You wind up seeing this with the America East tournament. Every single year, they wind up waiting a couple days after they wind up getting the final set. That could be able to be a little bit of a handicapping advantage as well. So situational handicapping is going to be really important when it comes to these conference tournaments. I think that we're going to get some rambunctious tournaments. We all love March Madness, but it is a mayhem before the madness, and you're going to see more and more people wind up saying that they actually love conference tournament week a little bit more than the NCAA tournament. I'm one of those people. I just love college basketball in general. Just give me everything humanly possible. And up next, we're going to give you some West Coast college basketball. Curtis Rogers does a great job with 710 ESPN. He's joining me next on Betting the Bracket right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. This is Betting the Bracket, covering every betting angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit visa.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here year round to make you a smarter better. Check out today's betting splits for every single game at VSIN.com as it is betting the bracket right here on the Sports Betting Network. And it is great to be joined by our guest. Curtis Rogers does amazing work over there with 710 ESPN. You're able to catch his podcast, the Seattle Sports Night and Seattle Sports Saturday podcast, where you find all the podcasts you get over here at Visa, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. List goes on and on. He's on Twitter at a kid from Kent. And Curtis, a pleasure to have you on tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. 
Greg, always a pleasure to join you, and especially after one of the craziest days of college basketball, one of the craziest weekends of college basketball we're ever going to see. Oh, absolutely. You want to seeing all of the top six teams go down on Saturday. That has to be the first time that has ever happened. And Curtis, we wound up seeing those two two of those teams be a little bit more year, near and dear to your heart. You're a graduate of Arizona, and you live out there very close to Gonzaga. How about if we touch upon Gonzaga first, the fact that they wind up falling to St. Mary's. How much of a worry do you have with regards to Gonzaga with this? And did anything wind up getting exposed with them? Well, I was very intrigued to see St. Mary's just slow it down to a play, to a pace where they were very comfortable uh, playing against Gonzaga, and Gonzaga just unable to break uh, anything that St. Mary's threw at them last night. I think that was a, a very interesting way of, that St. Mary's went about beating Gonzaga. To me, though, I'm not too concerned with the Zags losing the way they did. I think playing at St. Mary's, it was a raucous environment. Uh, you had a Zags team that, look, they've, they had won a ton in a row coming into that game. Their last loss was that neutral site game against uh, Alabama back in late 2021. So it had been a while since they had suffered any kind of defeat. And look, I think for a lot of these teams that lost this week, it, it might have been good to get some of those losses out of their system now rather than uh, continue to, you know, try and, and win, you know, 20, 25 in a row or what, what have you. The pressure of keeping a streak like that alive tends to kind of eat away at, at good teams late in the year. So maybe it gives a lot of these teams an ability to, to refresh and reset as we enter conference tournament time here in the next week or two. Yeah, I do think it's going to be really intriguing to see what we wind up getting out of these conference tournaments. It's going to be interesting to see if Gonzaga holds on to the top spot as well because while they wound up losing, darn near everyone else did as well. And it's going to be really intriguing to see what we wind up getting out of Arizona moving forward because they're the number two team in college basketball as it sits right now. They go on the road and they get punked by Colorado. We're going to call it what it is. They wind up losing by double figures. Curtis, we used to work together over there in the great city of Portland, Oregon, Pac-12 country in and of itself. We were working for the official flagship station of Oregon. We both know how difficult this mountain road trip is. How much did you wind up putting into Arizona? Because I think that the margin of victory or the margin of defeat, that is certainly something to take a look at. But I feel like there might be a lot of people that might be overblowing this one a little bit more because I think it goes under the radar how difficult it is to play against Utah and Colorado in a three-day span. Oh, and especially with Colorado being the second of those two legs, them being the more desperate team, the team trying to play themselves onto the bubble this late in the season. And look, a win over the number two ranked team in the country, that's going to open some eyes. That's going to turn some eyes towards your program this late into the regular season. Uh, but you mentioned the margin of defeat that Arizona had. It was the largest of any of the top six teams this, last, this weekend, which is cause for concern for sure. But like you said, uh, that mountain road trip, for those who aren't on the West Coast, for those that do not pay attention to Pac-12 basketball, I am telling you right now, it is among the most difficult in all of college basketball to win two in a row against Utah and Colorado. It is so hard to do. Uh, it rarely gets done, which is, is kind of interesting considering how bad Utah has been this season. Uh, Colorado has always been kind of up and down, but for whatever reason, winning at those two arenas 
just is not a simple task. And it's been very difficult for everybody uh, over the course of this season, over the course of the entire tenure that those two schools have been in the Pac-12. So uh, I'm going to chalk it up to the mountain road trip for Arizona coming out flat against Colorado because, look, they handled Utah very well uh, earlier in the week. Kirk Kreitza with a triple-double that night. Um, but I think for me, watching that Arizona game against Colorado, uh, it just was just them coming out flat and really not performing to uh, the capabilities that we have seen them throughout this season. And look, it's a, it's another true road loss, which is the third that Arizona has had this season. Um, you know, we're they're undefeated at neutral site games. They're undefeated at home and. Look, that's pretty much what they're going to have once they get past this USC game here, which is, you know, a lot of eyes are going to be on that one. If Arizona loses that one now, who knows if the Pac-12 one seed is going to be theirs, you know, running away here. Um, so lots still up in the air for the Wildcats, but uh, I'm going to chalk it up. Their loss on Saturday to Colorado is just simply coming out flat on that mountain road trip. And if you're looking at matchups for this Arizona team as well, I mentioned it when I wound up recapping this in our number one. I think that the most important player to this Arizona team is Christian Coloco. He's having three blocks per contest. Well, I noticed in that game against Colorado and watching it, he just did not necessarily look comfortable against Jabari Walker and him getting in foul trouble. That just absolutely torpedoed this Arizona team. I'm not sure what your thoughts are with regards to that, but I mean, we all talk about the guard play of Arizona. It's absolutely magnificent, but I really think the key to this team is Christian Coloco. And if he winds up getting a bad matchup, it does leave this Arizona team vulnerable. It absolutely does. Uh, because look, Omar Ballo is their backup center. And while he is very serviceable, he is not nearly as talented as Christian Coloco. He's not nearly as versatile defensively as Coloco, who can guard one through five on the floor. Uh, he can really alter a game just by his presence down low. We saw it earlier this season uh, against Illinois uh, in Champaign, where Christian Coloco went up against maybe the best big man in all college uh, basketball, Kofi Coburn, and really held him in check throughout the game. I mean, Coburn did not have his typical dominant performance uh, that he did or that he normally does. And Coloco really, you know, used his defensive presence to keep him in check. But yeah, getting in foul trouble, that is going to be a, a, a very big point of emphasis this week or getting out of foul trouble, I should say. Because uh, look, as, as Christian Coloco goes, uh, so goes this Arizona defense. They've got you know, look, their big man, Azulis Tubelis, is a really good player, really skilled player offensively. He lacks physicality defensively. He's not somebody that's going to, you know, alter a lot of shots. He's not somebody that's going to grab a ton of rebounds. So you've got to get added performance out of your other big man, Christian Coloco, who's a starter. Um, I think that's a great point you bring up there about his importance to this Arizona team. Obviously, Benedict Matherin, you know, scoring the ball. Uh, doing what he does offensively. He is a game changer as well. But as we know, if you are not one of the best defensive teams in the country, uh, you really have zero shot at winning the national title at come, you know, late March, early April. I agree with you. And Curtis, with you being out there in Seattle, we got to ask you about this one as well. You got a game out there in the Pac-12 in your city. Washington is going to be playing us to UCLA. UCLA coming off of just curb stopping. 
Oregon State, that was just not a good showing whatsoever by the Beavers. Is there any chance that Washington is able to put up a little bit of resistance here to UCLA? Because certainly it's been a Washington team that, shall we say, has been up and down after they wanted getting off a good, to a good starting conference. It's been a little bit tougher for them in recent weeks. It has. Uh, once the schedule has turned sort of, uh, you know, towards the top half of the Pac-12 standings, Washington season has really gone in the tank. They had, they were 8-4 and four at one point after beating ASU uh, pretty handily back on February 10th, but since then they've dropped four of five. They split a pair of games against Washington State, uh, but going up against Arizona, USC, UCLA, uh, we kind of saw what this Husky team is. Uh, look, I, I would expect Heckhead to be jumping on Monday night against the Bruins. But I think talent wins out. I think UCLA just has too much firepower for this Husky team to uh, keep pace with, even though the Bruins have really kind of hit the skids here uh, at the end point of this regular season. They are not the team I think a lot of people had pegged uh, as a potential national title contender, especially considering uh, the losses or, you know, they've had some pretty unexplainable losses at ASU, um, the Oregon loss with how unpredictable Oregon has been this season. Uh, that one's looking really strange right now. Uh, but look, I think UCLA, they're eager to get back uh, to Pauley Pavilion here once this Washington game is over. And I mean, you look at you look at UCLA's end of the season, basically just two games in two weeks. They have got a long time to kind of get ready for the Pac-12 tournament. Maybe they can rest up. Uh, you know, I know Jaime Jaquez has dealt with some ankle injuries this season. Curtis, so maybe that's somebody to, they can. <laughs> Curtis, I do have to cut you off there, but certainly it's going to be interesting to take a look at that in the final segment. We're going to be hitting the Pac-12 heavy with regards to what we're going to be seeing on Monday on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. today this is betting the bracket covering every betting angle of college basketball here's your host greg hoops peterson get everything you need to bet the madness this year of 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide including advice data and strategy for only 19 dollars. whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread our team is here to get you ready for every single game in every single round of the tournament get analysis from our experts including myself Greg Eves Pearson on every single key team conference players to watch 
we got you covered from everything from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today and you'll be able to get the betting guide plus full access VEASAN through April 5th for just $19. That's at VEASAN.com slash madness as it's the final segment here on Betting the Bracket with myself, Greg Pearson. New show, we wound up launching two of those. Just before me, you wound up having John Von Tobel with Hardwood Handicappers. That's just all about the NBA. So he comes up two hours before myself. I'm going to be 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time, Eastern time. That is from 11 to 1. So that makes John Von Tobel from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. And coming after, uh, up after myself, you're going to have Scott Seidenberg. He does a terrific job night in and night out with a look at. So that is going to be amazing as well as we're going to have some rambunctious action just all across the sports landscape over these next few weeks. And now is where March Madness winds up taking center stage. And it is going to be intriguing to, to see what we wind up getting in college basketball on Monday. It's not necessarily the world's biggest card, but we do have some intriguing games over there at DK Nation. I always blast these out. I am doing a write-up for a game every single day. And the write-up that I'm going to be doing for Monday, how about if we wind up going to the Mountain West? This is going to be game 867, 868 on the betting board. You've got San Diego State going on the road to face off against Wyoming. Wyoming opened up a one and a half point underdog. We're seeing them now at DraftKings, a two point underdog. Aaron Trollon's game, you're going to be getting it anywhere between a 128 and a half, seeing as high as a 130 right now. And I really don't understand why bookmakers just continue to dog this Wyoming team. I'm going to be taking them on the money line. I think that they should be able to pull this one out, off outright with Wyoming. You take a look at this team, and they come and go as Hunter Maldonado does. They've lost five games this year in the three games in which Hunter Maldonado has scored in single figures because out of the 28 games that this team has played this season, he has gotten to 10 points or more in 25 of them. The three instances in which he did not, the team wound up losing all three of those, and the other two losses, he did wind up having quite a few turnovers in those, but I think that he's going to be able to do a solid job in this one. Hunter Maldonado, able to give you right around 18 to 19 points per game, five and a half boards, six assists per game, six foot nine, combo point guard that just does an absolutely amazing job and he pairs up well with graham ike who downloads able to give you 20 points nine rebounds per game san diego state has one guy that is able to give you more than five rebounds per game that'd be nathan menza and we do have to mention the san diego state defense it is elite as a matter of fact it's number one in all of college basketball the guards points a lot on a per possession basis but you take a look at san diego state when they wind up getting away from the via vieja center they are not necessarily the same team as they are at home as they're giving up 9.8 points Fewer per one arm possession basis when they are on the road rather than at an home. And when it comes to San Diego State's offense, it is not the same on the road. 12.4 points per 100 fewer scored at scored on the road than at home. So that is an issue for the seamen. When it comes to Wyoming, they always pride themselves being 7,220 feet above elevation. This is always something that I think you need to take into account with regards to your handicapping. When you do wind up having teams that they play at elevation, when they wind up getting home games, teams seem to wear down a little bit late. We have seen that a couple of times in Wyoming games this season. I think that you could wind up seeing that once again. You wind up seeing that in the Utah State game, the overtime game against Colorado State, and this is a Wyoming team that they're just so much better at home than they are on the road on offense. Overall, they're 38th in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. This balloons the 10th when they're at home, and the delta with this, 17.6 points more per 100 possessions basis is what they score at home rather than on the road. That is absolutely massive. When it comes to San Diego State, you've got Matt Bradley, 
He's able to give you right around 15 and a half points for you. He shoots over 40% from three. That's legitimately with him shooting about 25% from three the first month of the season. So if you take out that first month of the season, he's been shooting right around like 45, 46% from three firing. So he has been absolutely terrific. Here's the problem. San Diego State, outside of him, doesn't have a single other guy that gives you more than eight and a half points per game. You do have someone like a Lamont Butler who's been able to give you two steals. He chips in there right around seven to eight points per contest. He's been able to do an okay job for this team. You've had guys like Chad Baker Mazzara be able to do an okay job. But that said, other than Matt Bradley, you really don't have answers with this bunch. I wound up saying Wyoming is a three-point favorite. I do not know why they are an underdog. And I mean, for a lot of you guys are asking, why is this line set the way that it is? I'm not the right guy to ask because we've seen a lot of strange lines in Wyoming games this season. And typically, whenever you end up having some of these strange lines, it's like, oh, the bookmakers know something. Darn near every single time Wyoming has still been able to come through. So they're just that one team that it feels like bookmakers doesn't necessarily have the world's greatest handle on. I'm willing to ride it here. <laughs> We're going to ride the Cowboys here, taking the money line with them. And I do wind up saying my total at a 129 as well. So we're right now seeing 129s. We wind up getting up to a 130. At this point, I'd be starting to take a look at an under as we've actually seen a little bit of a line move here. It opened up at a 128. So certainly I've been seeing a little bit of a tick up to the over when it comes to Pac-12 basketball, got a pair of games out there as well. We were touching upon this game a little bit earlier with Curtis, 879-880, Washington playing also UCLA. UCLA a 10 to 10 and a half point favorite. Totals anywhere between 139 and 139 and a half. And I think it's so intriguing is that you've got these Washington totals getting set so low despite the fact that Washington is a team that plays at a little bit of a breakneck pace. They're in the top 50 with regards to possessions per game. Now with Washington, they're about a middle-ish tempo team. With regards to defensive efficiency, with regards to the amount of points allowed that they give up on a per possession basis, Washington, they're 162nd in the country, but you do have to note this with Washington. They are giving up 17.1 points per 100, fewer at home than they do on the road, and they've got a top five score, or top 10 score, I should say, in all of college basketball, Terrell Brown. So he will give you 21 and a half points for him, chips in there, four boards, four assists. Big thing with him is that he doesn't shoot well from three in Washington as a collective. They only shoot about 31 and a half percent from three par range, but and take a look at this UCLA team. They are so gosh darn efficient on offense. They're a team that they turn the ball over nine and a half times per game. With regards to turnovers on a per possession basis, they rank in the top five in all of college basketball. It's a UCLA team that has been relatively solid on offense as well. 26th in the country with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. And they're going to be going up against a Washington team that they're really interesting with regards to their three-point shooting. I mentioned it with Washington a little bit earlier. The fact that they're not necessarily prolific from three-point range. They actually shoot 27.4% from three-point range at home. 35% on the road. I do think that you're going to see some positive regression here with Washington. I cannot believe that they're going to continue to shoot the rest of the year this badly from three at home. Meanwhile, on the road, they're actually halfway decent. I think that that's very intriguing. You do have a UCLA team that, with regards to their defense, they're relatively solid. They're a team that I'm not going to call them like some sort of a bulldozer on defense, but they do rank in the top 40 with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. So they do a relatively solid job there when it comes to the three-point shooting defense that this UCLA team is able to throw out there. They're one of the better teams you're going to find in all of college basketball. They do rank right around 70th, but 
I do think that with having a couple banged up guys, you tell that Tiger Campbell has been a little bit less than 100% recently. He's beginning better and better as weeks have gone along. I do think that Washington is going to be a hold in there. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to knock down some shots. I mentioned it with Campbell. He shot right around 25% from three-point range last season. This year, he's been shooting north of 40% from three-point range. Jules Bernard, Jaime Hawkins, these guys both give you right around 12 points per contest. I think they get enough scoring for and over here. Set this sold at 143.5, and I made UCLA an 8.5 point favorite, so getting double digits, going to be taking a shot here on the Huskies, and then We've got 877, 878 with regards to Pac-12. Oregon State is going to be playing also Washington State. Washington State, they opened up an eight-point favorite, and right now they're holding steady at eight. To my surprise, still is anywhere between 138 and 138.5. Oregon State has won three games straight up. That's just absolutely insane. They lost on their home floor to UC Davis and Sanford. Not Stanford, Sam Amford. A solid team out there in the Southern Conference, but... You shouldn't be losing to Sam Amford on your home floor if you're a power conference team. They've got one guy that's able to give you more than four and a half rebounds per game, and that would be Warworth Altiche. Roman Silva's been able to pick it up recently, seven plus rebounds in each of the team's last four games, but Washington State, just a far more dominant team. Washington State is in the top 40 with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. Oregon State in the bottom 40 with this regard. And you've got some really good discipline with regards to this Washington State team. You've got a guy in Tyrell Ghost Roberts. He couples up with Michael Flowers. These two guys combined to shoot over 90% at the free throw line. Flowers, he's been able to shoot 38.5% from three-point range in true road games. Got a Washington State team that's not necessarily terrific on the glass. And I don't understand why they have been using, utilizing Andre Yagmovsky, a little bit more gentleman that comes in from North Macedonia. Seems like every time he gets minutes, good things wind up happening. But you know what? Good things typically wind up happening when you wind up going up against an Oregon State team that's absolutely terrible. Anything of single digits here. So, 9.5 or less, I'm willing to lay it with Washington State. Set this total 134.5. Washington State, not necessarily up-tempo. They play solid defense, so we're going to be taking a look at this under as well as this has been the first look here at our Betting the Bracket show with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Dan Miller and everyone else behind the scenes that made it happen. Coming up next, you're going to have yourself the look at with Scott Seidenberg, and that is right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.